What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to The Flowered Path. In this episode, we have the pleasure of Brother Richard Hendrick reading us a tale of St. Anthony preaching to the fishes from the little flowers of St. Francis. After that, I will present a story about the life of St. Lucy. I want to mention at the top of the show here that I just got in t-shirts with the Flowered Path logo on them. At this point, I have all sizes small through 2XL but the quantities are limited. We had 3XLs, but just before I hit record for this episode, they sold out. I'm not sure when I will be able to afford to print more of these shirts, so when they sell out, it might be a while before I have them back in stock again. If you're interested, you can find them at my Etsy shop. The shop name is Lost Grave. If you type that in one word, Lost Grave, it should ask you if you're looking for the Lost Grave shop at Etsy. And I have added a section to the shop for the flowered path there, but I'll put a link in the show notes as well. I also made vinyl stickers with the logo, which are available in the Etsy shop too. But if you order a shirt, I will include a sticker with your order. Orchid tier patrons of the flowered path will get one of the t-shirts as their merch reward this month. Go to patreon.com slash the flowered path for more information. 
Before we get to this episode's saints, let's check the news. On March 5th, 2023, at the close of Mass at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Thomaston, Connecticut, Father Joseph Crowley made a very special announcement. We had something happen. Uh, it's hard to say, actually. It's God provides, and it's funny how God provides. And sometimes it comes in, in a weird way, in a mystical way, in a strange way. And one of our Eucharistic ministers was running out of hosts, and yet they didn't. And suddenly there's more hosts in the uh, Saborium. Just God duplicated himself in the Saborium. It's uh, God provides. It's, it's strange how God does that. And that happened. And it was noted by one of our Eucharistic ministers that was given out communion to you guys uh, today. It's really, really cool when God does those things. And it's really, really cool when we realize what he's done and it just happened today very powerful very awesome very real very uh shocking but also it happens it happens and today it happened where they were running out of host and all of a sudden the more hosts just were there so today not only do we have the miracle of the eucharist we actually had a bigger miracle it's pretty cool in the YouTube video from which that audio was taken, you can see Father Crowley's amazement at what seems to be a Eucharistic miracle. As they seemed to be running out of hosts, one of the Eucharistic ministers found that, suddenly, there were more in the Ciborium. Some reports state that the Eucharistic minister had even more consecrated hosts after the distribution of communion than before they started. This event will be investigated by the local bishop and various experts before an official pronouncement is made on its status as a Eucharistic miracle. Eucharistic miracles have been documented for centuries all over the world, often involving bleeding hosts, all of which seem to manifest the same blood type. I hope to do an upcoming episode on Eucharistic miracles, which will detail many of these incredible events. Pope Francis named six people as venerable servants of God on March 23, 2023, putting them on the path to becoming canonized saints. Candidates for sainthood who have not been beatified, but whose heroic virtue has been declared by the Pope, are given the title venerable. Beatification is the next stage, which requires a rigorous examination of the candidate's life and writings, and usually at least one proven miracle attributed to the proposed saint's intercession. After beatification, the title given to the candidates is blessed. A second miracle is required after beatification, at which point the candidate may be declared a saint by the Pope. 
Here's a bit about some of the newly declared venerable servants of God. An attendant to Queen Isabella of Castile, Teresa Enriquez Alvarado, was born to a noble Spanish family in 1456. She was known for her promotion of the Eucharist and adoration. Teresa gave much of her personal wealth to charity and spent time caring for the sick and poor as well as educating children who were orphaned by the plague. She died in 1529. Maria Domenica Lazzari was born in Italy in the year 1815. She cared for the poor and sick in her youth before developing severe anorexia. Maria spent years of her life bedridden from the age of 19 until her death in 1848 at the age of 33. During this time, Maria reportedly ate very little food, most of the time surviving only on the Holy Eucharist. In 1835, she developed stigmata, manifesting wounds on her hands, feet, and sides, and marks consistent with the crown of thorns on her head, which issued blood every Friday. Lisinago, Italy, was the birthplace of Sister Leonilde of San Giovanni Battista in 1890. A religious sister of the Congregation of the Missionary Saints of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, she spent her time teaching and serving the poor. During World War II, she was known to go without many necessities in order that she could give more to the poor. Sister Leonilde died in 1945. Father Carlo Crespi Croci was born in Italy in 1891. He was a Salesian priest who moved to Ecuador in 1923, establishing orphanages and schools for the poor. Father Crespi was known to spend as much as 17 hours at a time hearing confessions. During his time in Ecuador, Father Crespi was given many old and unique artifacts by the native people, including items which appeared to come from ancient Babylon or other locales outside of the Americas. Some of the items were of unknown origin, leading to suggestions that they were extraterrestrial in origin. At one point, Father Crespi's collection was thought to be one of the most valuable archaeological treasures on the planet. A fire in 1962 destroyed most of the collection, and the rest mysteriously disappeared after Father Crespi's death in 1982. Born in London, 1892. Mother Maria Caterina Flanagan joined the Order of the Most Holy Savior, who are also known as the Brigitines. She served in Sweden, Switzerland, and England before succumbing to an incurable disease in 1941. Mother Flanagan was noted for her loving compliance with the will of the Lord. Sister Maria Dumonte Pereira, born in Portugal in 1897, served as a religious sister of the Congregation of Hospitaller Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She spent her life caring for the sick before dying in 1963. Listeners to the other podcast I co-host, Strange Familiars, will almost certainly be familiar with Brother Richard, as he's become a regular and much-welcome guest on the show. For those who are not familiar, Brother Richard is a Capuchin Franciscan priest friar living and working in Ireland. I consider him a spiritual guide as well as a friend, 
someone I am incredibly lucky to have in my life and on the podcast I create. On Autumn Equinox 2022, Brother Richard's book Still Points was published, subtitled A Guide to Living the Mindful Meditative Way. Still Points contains Brother Richard's poems, reflections, and meditations. It is available as a hardcover, an ebook, or an audiobook wherever you get your books. I believe Brother Richard would say he'd be happy if you got it at your local independent bookshop, but you can get it from the big book retailers as well. From the Little Flowers of St. Francis, Chapter 40 of the miracle that God wrought when St. Anthony, being at Rimini, preached to the fishes in the sea. Christ the Blessed, being pleased to show forth the great holiness of his most faithful servant, St. Anthony, and with what devotion his preaching and his holy doctrine were to be heard one time, among others, rebuked the folly of infidels by means of creatures without reason, to wit the fishes, even as in days agone in the Old Testament he rebuked the ignorance of Balaam by the mouth of a donkey. Wherefore it befell on a time when St. Anthony was at Rimini, where was a great multitude whom he desired to lead to the light of the true faith and to the paths of virtue, that he preached for many days and disputed with them concerning the faith of Christ and of the Holy Scriptures. Yet they not only consented not unto his words, but even hardened their hearts and stubbornly refused to hear him. Wherefore St. Anthony, by divine inspiration, went one day to the bank of the river, hard by the seashore, and standing there on the bank of the river between it and the sea, began to speak to the fishes after the manner of a preacher sent by God. Hear the word of God, ye fishes of the sea and of the river, since these miscreants scorned to hear it. And when he had thus spoken, anon there came towards the bank such a multitude of fishes, great and small and middling, that never before in those seas nor in that river had so great a multitude been seen. And all held their heads out of the water in great peace and gentleness and perfect order, and remained intent on the lips of St. Anthony, for in front of him and nearest to the bank were the lesser fishes, and beyond them were those of middling size, and then behind, where the water was deepest, were the greater fishes. The fishes being then mustered in such order and array, St. Anthony began to preach to them solemnly, and spake thus, Ye fishes, my brothers, much are ye held according to your power to thank God our Creator, who hath given you such a noble an element for your habitation. For at your pleasure have ye waters sweet and salt, and he hath given you many places of refuge to shelter you from the tempest. He hath likewise given you a pure and clear element and food whereby ye can live. God your Creator, bountiful and kind when he created you, commanded you to increase and multiply, and gave you his blessing. Then in the universal deluge, and when all other animals were perishing, you alone did God preserve from harm. Moreover, he hath given you fins, that ye may fare whithersoever it may please you. To you was it granted by commandment of God to preserve Jonah the prophet, and after the third day to cast him forth on dry land, safe and whole. Ye did offer the tribute money to Christ our Lord, to him, poor little one, that had not wherewithal to pay. Ye by a rare mystery were the food of the eternal King, Christ Jesus, before the resurrection and after. For all those things much are ye held to praise and bless God that had given you blessings so manifold and so great, yea, more even than to any other of his creatures. At these and the like words and admissions from St. Anthony, the fishes began to open their mouths and bow their heads, and by these and other tokens of reverence according to their fashion and power, they gave praise to God. Then St. Anthony, beholding in the fishes such great reverence towards God their Creator, rejoiced in spirit, and said with a loud voice, Blessed be God eternal, 
since the fishes in the waters honor him more than do men, and creatures without reason hear his word better than men. And the longer St. Anthony preached, the greater the multitude of fishes increased, and none departed from the place he had taken. And the people of the city began to run to behold this miracle, among whom the aforesaid men were also drawn thither. And when they beheld a miracle so marvellous and manifest, they were pricked in their hearts, and cast themselves all at the feet of St. Anthony to hear his words. Then St. Anthony began to preach the Catholic faith, and so nobly did he expound the faith that he converted all those there, and they turned to the true faith of Christ, and all the faithful were comforted and filled with joy exceeding great, and were strengthened in the faith. This done, St. Anthony dismissed the fishes with God's blessing, and all they departed with wondrous signs of gladness, and the people likewise. And then St. Anthony sojourned in Rimini many days, preaching and gathering much spiritual fruit for souls. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. St. Lucy's story points to the life of St. Agatha, who I covered in episode 2 of this podcast. In a way, their tales are tragically similar. Both suffered at the hands of cruel men who attempted to force them into prostitution, but both saints, through their faith, prevailed in the end. This story of St. Lucy is taken from Alfred's Lives of the Saints. When Agatha's renown spread over the land and sea, so that a great multitude out of Syracuse sought the virgin's tomb with great devotion. There came a certain widow named Eutychia, among other people, to the famous tomb, along with her daughter, the blessed Lucy. The widow was diseased so that she had a flux of blood for the space of four years, and had tried many physicians, but none of them could help her. Then it happened, at Mass, that the Gospel was read about how the woman who also had a similar condition to Eutychia, was healed when she touched the Savior's robe. Then said Lucy, full of faith, to her mother, If you believe, mother, this well-known gospel, believe too that Agatha has merited something from Christ, since she suffered for his name, so that she might ever behold him in her presence in eternal bliss. Touch now her tomb, and you shall soon be whole. After the Mass, the mother and daughter prostrated themselves in prayers at the tomb. While they lay there and prolonged their prayers, Lucy fell asleep and saw Agatha, amongst hosts of angels, splendidly adorned, and calling to her, crying from above, My sister Lucy, true virgin of God, why pray for me that which you could yourself grant? Your holy faith has helped your mother, and lo, she is entirely healed by Christ. And even as this town is renowned through me, by Christ's favor, so shall Syracuse be renowned through you, because you did yield yourself to Christ in your pure virginity as a pleasant habitation. And then Lucy awoke. 
She rose, trembling because of that bright vision, and said to her mother, You are mightily healed. Now I pray thee, by the same one who healed you, by prayers, that you never name to me any bridegroom, nor expect of my body any mortal fruit. As for the property that you would give to me for my pollution, give it to me for my chastity, as I am going to Christ. Then said her mother, You know my wealth, and I have kept for nine years your father's property against all losses, and have increased it further. First close my eyes in death, and then dispose of the property how you may please, my dear daughter. Lucy replied, Listen to my counsel. You can take nothing with you out of this life, and that which you would give at death for the Lord's name you will give, because you cannot take it with you. But give now, in your time of health, to the true Savior, whatever you intend to dispose of at your death. Thus Lucy frequently exhorted her mother, until she sold the shining gems, and even her landed property, for ready money, and afterwards distributed it to the poor and to strangers, to widows and exiles, and wise servants of God. This came to the ears of the nobly born youth who was wooing Lucy, who was named Pascasius, an impious idolater who enticed the holy maid to make offerings to devils. But the Lord's Virgin said, A pure offering is this, and acceptable to God, that one should visit widows and comfort exiles and help orphan children in their affliction. I have not been employed for three years with any other deeds, but have offered these acts to the living Lord. Now I desire to offer myself to him, because for some time I have had nothing to spend in his service. Then Pascasius became enraged and ranted until he promised her a beating if she would not be silent. Lucy said to him, The words of the living God cannot be suppressed nor put to silence. Then he asked her slanderously, Are you God? Lucy answered him, I am the Almighty's handmaid, and therefore I speak God's words, since he says in his gospel, It is not you who speak there, but the Holy Ghost speaks in you. After that, Pascasius arrogantly inquired, Does the Holy Ghost dwell in you, truly? Lucy answered the impious one and said, The Apostle promised those who preserve chastity that they are God's temple and the Holy Ghost's habitation. Then the impious one said, I shall straightway bid men to lead thee to the house of harlots, that you may lose your maidenhood, and that the Holy Ghost may flee from you when you are foully dishonored. Lucy answered, No one's body is dangerously polluted if it does not please their mind. Though you should lift up my hand to your idol, and so, by my means, offer against my will, I shall still be guiltless in the sight of the true God, who judges according to the will and knows all things. If now, against my will, you cause me to be polluted, a twofold purity shall gloriously be gifted to me. You cannot bend my will to your purpose, whatever you may do to my body, that does not happen to my soul. You cannot bend my will to your purpose, whatever you do to my body, that does not happen to my soul. Then the cruel Pascasius desired to fulfill his word, that she might be led to loathsome pollution, and began to drag her to the house of lust. But God's might was displayed at once in the maiden, so that the Holy Ghost held her and fastened her as if by a great weight, so that the wicked ones could not remove the maiden. 
Then they fastened ropes in their cruel attempt to her hands and feet, and many tugged at once, but she was never stirred, and stood firm as a mountain. Then the impious Pascasius was perplexed, and called for false magicians to be brought to him, so that they, with their enchantments, might overpower the Virgin of God. When the spells had no effect, Pascasius commanded oxen to be harnessed to her. Even these beasts of burden could not shake the maiden. The evil man then said to the pure maid, What is the reason that a thousand men cannot stir you as weak as you are? Lucy said to him, Though you call ten thousand men, they would all hear the Holy Ghost thus speaking, A thousand shall fall beside you, and ten thousand at your right hand, but truly no evil shall approach you. Then the impious one was even more perplexed, and ordered men to light a great fire all around the maid, and sprinkle her with pitch and oil. She stood undismayed in the fire, and said, I have obtained from Christ in prayer that this deadly fire may have no power upon me, that you may be put to shame, and that this may dispel all fear of torture from believers, and take away from unbelievers their evil joy. Then Pascasius was confused and angered to madness, so that his friends could not assuage his mania, so they ordered men to kill the pure maid with a sword. She was wounded so terribly that her bowels fell out, but still she did not die. She continued in prayer a long time, and said to the people, I tell you truthfully that peace is granted to God's congregation, and the furious emperor Diocletian is deposed from his empire, and Maximian the evildoer is dead. Even as the city of Catana within its walls has the powerful intercessions of my sister Agatha, so am I allotted by Almighty God to this city of Syracuse to intercede for you if you receive the faith. While she spoke, the wicked Pascasius was bound with chains and led before the Virgin. He had previously been accused for his cruel deeds to the Roman people, who governed all the land. He was then brought in bounds to Rome, and the senators commanded he be beheaded to account for his evil deeds. The blessed Lucy remained in the same place where she was struck down, until priests came and gave her the Holy Eucharist. She departed to Christ as they were saying Amen. The people built a church on the spot where she lay, and blessed it in her name, to the Savior's glory, whoever reigns as God throughout eternity. Amen. St. Lucy's story in the Golden Legend is very similar to the story from Alfred's Lives of the Saints, with the exception that, instead of being disemboweled, her throat is slit, after which she still lives and speaks and prays, as in the other account. Another legend, attributed to St. Lucy, states that she predicted Pascasius would be punished for his evil deeds, and in anger he gouged out her eyes. Yet another legend states that she removed her own eyes to discourage a very persistent suitor who frequently complimented them. In both of these stories, those that were preparing her body after death found that St. Lucy's eyes had been restored.
Like the remains of many saints, Lucy's relics were seized and removed to various churches at various times. In 1981, St. Lucy's remains were stolen. An author by the name of Pheidippides wrote about the case on the Western Civ Forum website, quoting another source. In November 1981, St. Lucy's mummified skeleton was stolen from its heavy glass enclosed crypt just below the altar of the Venetian Church of St. Jeremiah. Two gunmen burst into the church and ordered the parish priest and two parishioners to lie on the floor while they seized the remains and put them in a sack. The saint's head broke off the neck and rolled away on the floor of the church. The silver death mask, which had covered the face, was left behind. Eventually, a bizarre ransom note was received, demanding that any page from a book called If This Tea Man be read out in all secondary and high schools in the Venice area. A month later, on her feast day, the police found the remains of St. Lucy at a hunting lodge near Venice. No book could be found with the title, If This Tea Man, but Pheidippides discovered an Italian book titled, If This Is a Man, by Primo Levi, which was published in 1947. This book details the author's experience as a Jewish person in the Auschwitz concentration camp. It is thought that perhaps the point of the ransom was to make people remember the Holocaust. However, no one can say for sure. The 1981 theft of St. Lucy's relics remains a mystery. I do find it quite beautiful that her remains were recovered on her feast day. St. Lucy's feast day is December 13th. She is a patron saint against blindness, dysentery, epidemics, eye disease, hemorrhages, eye pain, sore throats, fire, poverty, and spiritual blindness. She is the patron saint of the blind, martyrs, peasants, penitent prostitutes, the poor, sick children, authors, cutlers, eyes, farmers, glass blowers, glaziers, gondoliers, laborers, lamplighters, lawyers, maidservants, notaries, ophthalmologists, opticians, porters, printers, saddlers, sailors, salesmen, seamstresses, stained glass workers, tailors, upholsterers, and weavers. She is also the patron saint of Syracuse, Sicily, as well as several cities in Italy, Brazil, Barbados, Belgium, Malta, Nicaragua, and Spain. St. Lucy's Prayer St. Lucy, you did not hide your light under a basket, but let it shine for the whole world, for all centuries to see. We may not suffer torture in our lives the way you did, but we are still called to let the light of our faith illuminate our daily lives. Please help us to have the courage to bring Christ into our work, our recreation, our relationships, our conversation, every corner of our day. Amen.
I'd like to thank my new patron, Daniel Smith. Patrons and donations help me keep making the flower path and bringing you more content. All patrons get regular episodes of the flower path ad-free, often before they drop on the regular podcast feed. Rose and Orchid Tier patrons also get shoutouts from the show. Orchid Tier patrons get monthly merch mailings. This month they're getting those t-shirts with the Flower Path logo, as I said before. To check out all of the patron options and benefits, and to help me continue to make the Flowered Path, go to patreon.com slash thefloweredpath. You can also find a PayPal link if you want to make a one-time donation. Just click the support button at thefloweredpath.com and look for the PayPal button that says Donate. The sources for this episode, including the news segment, can be found in the show notes for this episode at theflowerpath.com. Please like and subscribe to The Flowered Path wherever you are listening. If you are inclined to leave a nice review, that will help as well. The Flowered Path is on YouTube, so please subscribe to our channel there. And no matter where you listen, if you like what you hear, please share the episodes on social media. You can find The Flowered Path on Facebook, facebook.com slash thefloweredpath, on Instagram at thefloweredpath, and on the web at thefloweredpath.com. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.